0: This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me. Today, I'm going to bring you an interview I did a little bit ago with John Skipper, who used to run ESPN, now runs Zone. even though I'm trying to get him to change the name. It's a subscription sports streaming service. Um, John's in a place right now where he can talk fairly freely about what he's trying to do, the economics of sports media, talks a little bit about his time at ESPN, not that much, a little bit, but he's always an interesting person to talk to, and you can hear that conversation right now. You don't normally say this, but you had, uh, you had less hair the last time
1: you were here. I know a lot of people thought I was bald because I shaved my head for several years and I decided to let it grow.
0: Now we've got the important stuff out of the way. Welcome. Thank you. DAZN, DAZN, DAZN. Mm-hmm. You gotta, uh-huh. ch- you gotta change that eventually,
1: right? No one sees DAZN and understands what that is. Um, doesn't matter, right? If you saw ESPN and didn't know what it is, uh, would it matter? Touché. let's explain to anyone here who doesn't know what DAZN is, what it is. Um, so DAZN is a uh, sports streaming service. Uh, we're a global company. We're in uh, nine countries in four continents, including six of the largest 12 sports-consuming countries in the world. Uh, we're first mover uh, in doing a pure play uh, Netflix for sports.
0: Direct-to-consumer streaming,
1: the offering changes by territory, right? Uh, In each of the countries we're in, we have a specific offering. The US is the most anomalous offering we have, so we can get to that, because I know it'll come up. Our hope is to, not our hope, our business plan is to go into countries. The first two countries we went into were Germany and Japan. We want to have first tier rights, because you can't drive subscriptions without them. Uh, in Germany, uh, we have Bundesliga, we have Champions League. In Japan, we have the J-League, which is their soccer league, and baseball. I'm these, not a, these are things that used to run on pay TV or broadcast TV, and now you have them. That's correct, and that's incorrect in almost every market we're in, right? We're Syria, we have Serie which is the Italian soccer league in, in uh, Italy. We have the NFL in Canada. Uh, we're not a believer that over-the-top either starts or finishes or can successfully be built with niche rights or third tier rights we think they have to be built with top of the pyramid rights
0: so if you're going to be a streaming sports service you have to have the big
1: streaming sports otherwise we think you have to have sports that are essential to people to have and to watch Uh, in the u.s hmm? i think of you as a fighting streaming service boxing mixed martial arts Um, well you think of that uh, because it's accurate uh we did enter the u.s we wanted to be here we wanted to grow the brand we want to have credibility so the next rounds of sports rights, we could be at the table, and the opportunity was um, boxing. It also was strategic because boxing, uh, people are used to paying for, uh, 80 bucks for a pay-per-view fight. We went out, speaking of first tier, we went out and got the most important boxer in the world, uh, the best boxer in the world also, in Saul Alvarez, better known as Canelo. Uh, And again, it's it's, uh, proved the theory because we've used three Canelo fights to drive the overwhelming preponderance of the subs we have.
0: So people are signing up in the US because they want to watch Canelo Mm -hmm. fight, and then do they churn
1: out right away or or do you you keep them for a year? Look, in a uh, sports streaming service, you got to think about three things, right? You got to think about what is it that you have that will get people to actually get their credit card and pay. You got to think about what is the content you have that means you'll retain them, it won't churn. Uh, And you got to think about how much ARPU you drive a month. Um, and you gotta figure out if you have a strategy to grow that. In the US, as an anomalous market, we have learned the lesson of churn and are trying to address it. We've had three Canelo fights, and you can kinda see the evolution of our business with those three fights. The first fight, we did what everybody does on streaming services, and we gave it away for a certain period of time free, and if you decide to stay, you paid $9.98. You watch th- the fight for free. Normally, you pay a hundred we'll bucks. Watch this
0: for free, and then you're hoping they
1: stick around. And you have their credit we, card. We we got a large volume of people. We had to give us our credit card to watch it free. Right. But then we don't hit it for a month. Right. And you're hoping they stick around. And by the way, we learned that hope is not a good strategy, uh, because they watch the fight for free. Uh, And they canceled. Consumers are rational. We do not want to get billed for this. We thank you for the free fight. Uh, So that was in December of 2018. Fast forward to May of 2019. If you want to watch the next Canelo fight, it costs you twenty dollars. Still a great bargain, right? If you were paying eighty-five dollars to watch a Canelo fight, you're now getting it for free for twenty dollars, and. We had more people sign up for the second fight. That may be a result of the fight, he was fighting the marketing we did, better awareness of the brand, but we signed up more people, and more people stayed the second month, and more people stayed the third month, uh, and we also introduced an annual subscription price. We did not have an annual subscription price. The third fight we did with Canelo, uh, you had to pay $20, um, you had to give us your credit card, we had an annual price, and we built a fight season around it. So something never been done in boxing before is we announced a dozen fights that were going to happen in September, October, November, and December. Most importantly, that fight was on November the 2nd. On December 7th, Anthony Joshua fights Andy Ruiz, and that happens to be more than 30 days after. So if you want to Watch that
0: fight. We're gonna give you a season of stuff and we're gonna give you one thing every month. So if you're a fight fan, we're gonna keep giving
1: you more stuff. Right, so we've learned from it. In the rest of our markets, churn is not really a big deal. Uh, If you have the, the Serie A in Italy, they play from August until June and nobody cancels if you're a Javince's fan from August.
0: Because this is a big concern for everyone getting into this business. I, I love Billions on Showtime, and David Nevins won't like me mm-hmm. saying this, but after Billions runs, I turn Showtime off, and I'll, I'll come mm-hmm. back. Although I heard there's a great Kirsten Dunst show. Maybe I should check it out. Um, and everyone's going to go through
1: this, and the services you, that are you launching You already now, prepared your answer to him when he calls and says, how did yeah, you yeah. run billion then? You said, but. I said, Kirsten Dunst, has a great show. But...
0: but um, and, and what,
1: you could almost and, be a media executive. Almost. <laughs> this is pretty good though.
0: Apple, Disney, they're all trying to figure out how to get you in for mm-hmm. a year, basically for mm-hmm. free so they don't really have to worry about churn. Right. But eventually they're going to meet up with the same question. Netflix faces it, HBO right. faces it, and you think you've figured out a way to solve it for sports.
1: Look, for sports, I—you think, know, we're not rocket scientists. Um, for sports, churn will be less of an issue than it is for entertainment. right? You'll watch three or four or six forever, how many years you watch of Game of Thrones, and if that's the thing that's keeping you on, when that goes off, uh, you may churn. You're not gonna churn as long as we have the domestic soccer league in any country in the world outside the United States.
0: Because there, there is an off-season, It's a short off-season.
1: It's an off-season, is June, July, so we either do some original content okay. about soccer that keeps them around. We have allowed people uh, to pause, right? You're gonna go away, but just go ahead and know that August we're gonna hit your credit card again and you're gonna come back. That works quite successfully.
0: In the US, boxing is not one of the major sports. Someone told me the majority of your customers are in California, is that true?
1: No, not the majority. Cal- the largest plural, the largest single state for our our uh, service would be California because Canelo's uh, appeal is very high there due to the Mexican-American population, but he's not a majority, no.
0: So you can build a healthy business, but you, you want a big business. You're going mm-hmm. out trying to raise a half billion dollars or more uh, for this company. It's owned by Len Blavatnik, who's mm-hmm. a billionaire, apparently he wants to not fund it all himself. If you get a half billion dollars, that's a lot of money, but it oh. also doesn't seem like it's enough to buy a major sports store. Huh. You,
1: you have given me a number I of packed things a lot I to comment there. on, so I'm not confirming that uh, I have your, read it uh, in
0: Bloomberg and I, I've been able to confirm it myself. So let's, let's, let's state that as fact.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. I didn't say it wasn't true. I said I wasn't confirming it. Good. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can confirm it's not accurate that Lynn Belotnik does not want to fund it. He's funding it right now. Uh, he's been extremely supportive of it. I uh, will not comment on how much money he has in it, but there's nobody in this room who could, who could replicate the feat. I can tell you that. Uh, I don't think, unless do a billionaire somebody's check. sitting here that i do not aware of. And um, uh, look, this all, Lynn did this because of his experience in music, right? Lynn bought Warner Music and then was the only guy who sort of understood that if you also invested heavily in the music streaming services, and he invested in Deezer and Spotify, that that would drive subscriptions there. And then if you own a music licensing company, a third of that money would come back to you in the form of licensing fees. He asked Simon Denyer, who was the founder CEO of, of uh, Dizone, can we do the same thing in music and that's the derivation of the company. So he's committed, he understands how this works. It's been done in music, It's being done right now in entertainment, that's where the big fight is right now, uh, and it will be done in sports. Sports is about a third of the sports entertainment business uh, but right now, probably because of Netflix, everybody's concentrating on entertainment. Also because the sports rights are tied up for a couple years. Sports rights are complicated. You can't just create the next hit. You have to wait for the rights to come up. That's exactly right. But we have now been engaged in this for a little over three years. They've been aggregate, able to aggregate a lot of rights. And I do think ultimately everybody, nobody will disagree that ultimately the majority of the viewing of sports is going to be on a streaming service, not on a linear network. Thank you for that. But I was asking you, (laughs) if you raise a half billion dollars Uh or
0: more, it seems like that is still not enough to compete with the networks, Uh who all want to keep sports because they are in real trouble if they lose Uh it. And We just had Caroline Everson who said they're not going to bid, but Mm -hmm. You know, we, we keep waiting for an Apple or an Amazon to come in and make a major bid on these sports uh, rights, plus uh, you got uh, Asian uh, money. It seems like you guys are, are still gonna be
1: sort of outclassed in terms of dollars. If you ask me uh, the following question, you wouldn't, of course, because this is a self-serving question. Of course. But if uh, we started in August of 2016, who has bought more sports rights uh, in the last three years and two months? Zone or Apple or Amazon or Facebook or YouTube, Google, or Twitter? The answer is zone has bought more sports rights than Apple, and Amazon, and Facebook, and YouTube, Google, and Twitter. Let's flip that we're around. We're acquiring what is, rights. Let's, what does it mean that they haven't gone and bought the stuff you've bought? We're a maniacally focused company doing one thing. We're building a technological platform, we're acquiring rights, we're selling them to consumers. That's what we do. We don't have any other things we have to worry about Tuesday and Thursday. We worry about this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. They have complex companies. It means it's not their core business and they've been focusing on their core business. And do I worry that someday that uh, Apple will look up and decide we need to own sports? I think about it and I respect the resources they have, but we have a nice first mover advantage. We've acquired more rights than anybody with whatever money can acquire next year, because as you point out, they come up sequentially over years. We have a it's platform. Sunday ticket deal is the one thing that might be available, right? The, uh, I, I was public, uh, and it was self-serving too, <laughs> that we are interested in the NFL, because you can build a new platform in this country on the NFL. We're in business with the NFL. We have their, their rights in six of our nine countries, um, and they explored with their current partner, AT&T, uh, whether or not um, they would sell a uh, over-the-top package, and we were interested in that. We told them we were interested, and we told them we'd be interested anytime it comes up.
0: And you, uh, have that solved one way or the other? John, John wasn't forthcoming about that. Is, that. is that deal still available? No. Thank you very much. Um, that was the most efficient use of time I've had yet. We're doing pretty good. We're doing great. Uh, when you were at ESPN, I think you had a, at peak 104
1: million subs, something like that, something in the 100 range? We never had 104 million subs. I think there were 104 million subs in the okay. universe, and I think ESPN at its peak had 100 or 101. OK, very close to that, now down to 82, I think. I'm not familiar with how many that's, subs that's, they have.
0: I'm, I'm going, we're going to stipulate that I'm right for this okay. one.
1: Did you imagine that number would fall that yes. low? Yes, Yes. It's not. yes.
0: What's the floor?
1: How how low can that number be? Oh, that'd be inappropriate for me. I don't know what it is now, because I'm not focused on that. So I haven't, you know, I haven't seen runs. I I wasn't smart enough to figure out what the floor would be. But yes, we had models at the time, and the 82 number, I don't think, would surprise anybody right now.
0: And do you think that, that's too self-serving for you,
1: I'm I thought you were giving me the opportunity to say, now I hope it falls Yeah, there's that. as fast as possible. I mean, I, At the time, I, I felt like the, the, uh, the young fellow in Amsterdam putting his fingers in the dike. Yes. This is Peter,
0: interrupting for a quick break. We'll be right back. Now we're going to go back to code media. The idea that you're taking on ESPN, it's a cheap, easy thing for me to say, and mm-hmm. it's efficient they are backed by Disney. You mm-hmm. know that company well, they have enormous resources. Can you really compete head-to-head against them to get people's time and money when they want to watch sports on a recurring basis?
1: I mean, I'm, uh, I am i would pass a lie detector test if I told you I'm not focused on taking ESPN on head-to-head. Uh, we're overwhelmingly a global business. 90 percent of our business is outside of the United States. And we expect to continue to have a large focus on an international business. And again, taking on Disney head-to-head would be, we're not doing theme parks, we're not gonna do broadcast television, we're not gonna do uh, licensing. So they're a different company. We're gonna compete with them for buying sports rights. Couple more compare and contrast.
0: Mm -hmm. You'll get too tired of it. Last time you were on the stage, there was a lot of, should Disney spin ESPN out as a standalone company? Should Disney allow ESPN to be sold as a direct-to-consumer property? You were adamant that those things should not happen when you were working there, still haven't happened. They have ESPN Plus, which is not ESPN, it's extra. Now you are selling a Mm direct-to-consumer streaming service. Did your thinking change about the appeal of that kind of thing, or is just you were in one corporate structure and now you're in a new business and those things are different?
1: the, um, I'm in a new job. And of course my role is to figure out the best way they hired me to take what they're doing and make it work. And I believe in what we're doing. At Disney, I was doing a different job, which required a different sort of mindset, right? So I didn't change my mind and go somewhere to do what I changed my mind to do. I had a transition. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, now somewhere different. And again, I wouldn't go to work for something I didn't believe in. So I believe this is going to work. I believe we have uh, we have a focus on how people are going to be watching sports in the future. We don't have the complications um, that I had to deal with You're before. You're not protecting a cable bundle. Correct. Correct. So I'm, I'm happy to agree with that. And, and Once
0: again, you are right. Thank you, John Skipper. <laughs> there, you, hear, you heard it today, this idea that... All this stuff is being disaggregated, but naturally it's gonna be aggregated again and we're gonna rebundle the bundle and the stuff's gonna get put back together. Do you believe that's the case or do you believe you're gonna pick a couple things you wanna pay for and the rest, you're not gonna bother bundling?
1: I, I don't think people want to subscribe to 14 things, right? It's always been the case, it's funny, no matter what, how many channels you had, most people watched between eight and 17 channels. That's all they ever watched. Uh, I was in the magazine business for a long time, and people would say, I love magazines. I subscribed to so many magazines, and the answer was they subscribed to about six to 12. I think the same thing is gonna be true here. And there's gonna be a, a three or four big ones, which are gonna be some aggregation. Then there's gonna be a few special interest things, which everybody has some different magazines, I mean, some different things they like, right? It's the same, you know, Time had, you know, ex- millions of subscribers, and there were never more than 700,000 subscribers of special interest magazines. It's going to be a little bit like that here. I do think there will be a re-aggregation. I do think people want a few things, right? They want news, they want sports, they want kids, they want family, they want... You think that's a- what a consumer wants, or you think that's what the people who, who make and pay for and distribute this stuff want them to I don't to think supply. consumers think of, oh, gee, I want to get an aggregated bundle of stuff I want, They just know that there's a bunch of stuff they want. And just practically speaking, they're not going to look at a menu. Don't you go to a restaurant? I go to a restaurant and I see like a nine page menu. I'm like, I would rather see a one page menu that has four, six appetizers and seven entrees and three desserts than I would rather see a menu. Right, but then you pick the dessert you want
0: and the entree you want. And and, and and no one's gonna say, look, you're getting all three appetizers. Isn't that great for you? Right. That's a buffet. Yeah, and some people like a buffet. Right. <laughs> some
1: people like a buffet. It just strikes me and that bu- it bu- just we-
0: strikes me that a lot of people, and not just savvy people in this room, but a lot of people who can figure out, by the way, how to pay twenty bucks for your fight and then churn Burn. out, mm-hmm. are going to be much more active about sort of creating their own menu at any mm-hmm. given time because they know how to cancel stuff. And they, by the way, they care about
1: money, so they'll be thinking about what, th- I, what thing I, they want to watch. I think that's accurate, and it's going to be a more tumultuous, right? People are going to move in and out of services as things they like, move in and out. It's too easy to, it's, it's easy to cancel. The, the ca- but the cable television bundle was a spectacular business model and whether or not that can be exactly replicated. And that's, of course, what the great big companies are going through, right? I got 29 channels. Gee, I've been getting X amount of dollars for those channels. I don't have to bill them. If their service doesn't work, I don't have to take care of them. Uh, When you're in direct to consumer, you've got to figure out how to get them, how to keep them, how to bill them, how to get more money every month. I do believe if you had to pick where you wanted to be that was the most stable, where your hits, you buy, and they're gonna be hits for. Let's see. I guess uh, in the in England, the English Premier League has been a hit for 140 years or something. I think it'll be a hit for 20 more. I'm not have the capability of thinking about more than 20 years, um, nor the necessity. And um, uh, I, I think sports is the best place to be in this business. You
0: mentioned churn. Others, what's what's the what else have you had to figure that surprised you that you. Learn going direct to consumer that you didn't see while you were in the cable bundle, and we're, were
1: wholesaling. I, I learned part of this while I was still at Disney, as we sort of bought um, BAM Tech. But I think until which is you, the thing powering Disney Plus. Now, yes, I didn't have to understand that very well. I just sort of knew, and we had the resources to buy it. Now we have to build it, and we have a technology platform. The complexity of trying to think about all the permutations you're delivering to, particularly internationally. You're delivering into different broadband infrastructures on dozens of different kinds of screens made by manufacturers that are old, that are new, that have a uh, robust broadband connection or a mediocre connection, or has somebody who's living in a location and they've taken a wire and and put it in their neighbor's broadband, and they're getting it there. You just have an unbelievable complexity of trying to deliver this. It's much harder than coaxial cable, satellite uh, dishes, and the technology of this is very dramatic. We do, I believe, have one of the two technological platforms that can deliver to those various permutations concurrent live streams of a, Piece of content that you are creating at the same moment you're delivering it. Right? It's not a, a show that you can put in on a head end and and everybody comes yep. in and gets it. This you've got to create, get it somewhere, get it distributed somewhere. Dramatically complex, and it is, by the way one reason that I think that our first-mover advantage matters. And while I worry about Apple and Amazon, the barriers to this are harder than people think.
0: One more question, I want to open it up to you guys. Um, And if you don't come, I'm just going to keep asking John more questions. Uh, Another back-in-the-day question, Disney looked at Twitter, you were part of the group Mm -hmm. I think that thought that was a good idea. The way Bob Iger tells it in his book was, we were going to buy it and then we discovered it was a cesspool full of Nazis. And then I had to call up Jack Dorsey, who's on the board, and tell him, sorry, we're not going to do it. It's hard to take that at face value, that you'd get far enough ahead in the, in the deal um, and not realize you were buying a, a cesspool full of Nazis. Is there a different chronology there? Um,
1: I believed that Disney would be a good owner of Twitter. And I believe that Twitter needed to... Not be quite so diffuse, right? I, I, I thought you, as a sports fan, you. I had to follow different people. They can't really help you sort of do that. They don't do much curation. They expect you. And I thought Disney could go in, frankly, and favor ESPN sports content. So if you wanted to get sports content, you get it from ESPN. Um, the everything you said is accurate. I'm not going to comment on the chronology of it, but the overwhelming barrier to Disney owning Twitter was the inability to get comfortable that the Walt Disney Company could live with all of what was tweeted. Boy, maybe I am in the wrong business. I think Tweety Bird actually is Warner Brothers.
0: I may be in the wrong business, (laughs) because I could have told them that for a lot less than whatever their M&A guys and their advisors. I told you it would make a great media guy. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, Questions from the the audience here.
1: Hi, I'm Jason Rapp. I uh, negotiate M&A for a living, and you've negotiated some of the biggest deals, $15 billion paying to the NFL, selling billions of dollars worth of, uh, of cable subscriptions. Can you tell us a little bit about either some of your most interesting or difficult negotiations and then tell us some of the, what you would say the keys to success of a, of a large-scale negotiation would be? I've always believed that the key to any negotiation, large or small, is knowing exactly what you want and being clear on what you want and then trying to get to a win-win. I do not believe there's necessarily a winner and loser in a negotiation. And I also don't believe in over-negotiating, which is why I did number one. I always said, here's what we need. And if we get what we need, it doesn't matter what the other party gets. Uh, It doesn't matter what it costs. We have to get what we need at a price that, that we can afford, and I always tried to be completely and utterly transparent. I've never believed in the you know, posturing, in the we'll tell them 10, they tell us two, we'll say eight, they'll sell four. And I over time created credibility when I would go in and tell people, here's what we need, here's what we want. If you'll do that, tell me what you want. By the way, the first thing I ever always said in any negotiation was, what do you need out of this deal? Uh, because I was going to give them stuff anyway, and everything they said, here's what I need, I could say, you told me you needed this? The answer is yes. What, me- and the NFL says $15 billion and you've got 10 in your head. What the you- <laughs> NFL has, been, had, by the way, I say all this, and I'm completely aware that that is all much easier to do at a company with the resources and the leverage that ESPN had, right? I, I got that. But it works at this company, too. And um, the NFL had the most equal leverage with ESPN of any entity we negotiated with. In fact, they had greater leverage than we did. Thank you, Jason. Hey, John. Thanks for doing this. I'm Mike Green. My question is about, you're talking about uh, the complexity of delivery in all these
0: different environments. I was going to ask you about the risk of of piracy with these high stakes
1: events like the Canelo fight. How do you feel about people just posting these streams on Reddit and everyone else who's interested in I feel very bad about it. I feel very hostile about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was in a negotiation with them, I don't care what they want. Um, the, uh, it's a problem, right? And uh, it, it uh, irritates me, it hurts our business. Um, uh, Anthony Joshua is um, British of Nigerian heritage. The number of people who watched that fight in Nigeria on a pirated stream is huge, and I've gotta figure out that problem if I wanna try to make money, which I could make a lot of money out of that fight in Nigeria. I do not find most of the technology companies to be particularly admirable nor helpful here. The old, gee, if you tell us there's a problem, we'll take it down, to me, puts the burden on the party that is aggrieved and relieves them of a problem they create. And, uh, we need their help here. Uh, I hope in some ways they get into the sports business. Because <laughs> they, would, they would be their and own worst And get a renewed <laughs> interest in, in, in copyright. It would be a renewed interest in intellectual property. This country, by the way, a lot of the business of this country is founded on intellectual property, and the disregard for that I think is fairly, uh, fairly problematic.
0: How would ESPN have covered, uh, speaking of intellectual property, in other countries. How would ESPN have covered the the China
1: NBA story differently under you? I just don't believe there's any elegant way for me to comment on a company I'm no longer employed at as to how I would have done it.
0: We're gonna go out on that one?
1: Yes, sir. Okay, deal. Thank you, John. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.